This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Well, thank you very much. I'd like to ask you to take your Bibles tonight and turn with me, please, to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 10. While you're turning there, uh, if you are a teenager, 7th through the 12th grade, would you do us a favor after the service and stop by the table and fill out a little information card? That's all that we ask of you to do. Uh, And the reason we do this is because we actually recruit students to go to Bob Jones from churches. And so as we go out, that's the only way for us to actually get to meet young people. And so we come to a church like yours, figuring that there would be people in the church that would be very interested in Christian higher education like Bob Jones University. And to sweeten the deal, we're going to give away some free t-shirts tonight and a drawing. So please stop by after the service. Also on the table, we have a, a, a musical recording that we actually only sell when I'm on the road. I was an evangelist for almost 30 years. In 20 of those years, we did musical recordings with our teams, sang in your church many times. And so we finished up traveling and we put together two CDs, the best of 20 years. Uh, These are 31 or 32 songs uh, with two CDs in them. So you can stop by the service afterwards. And we have another student with us who is, uh, who is running the table. And Shipper, would you stand? This is Shipper. She is a junior at Bob Jones, engineering major. She is from Bangalore, India. And she's been a wonderful blessing traveling with us. And so she'll be at the table. She serves in our welcome center. And she is one of the uh, young people that uh, is part of promoting the school as she travels. We're looking this evening in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10. I'd like to read verse 28 down to verse 31 with our text verse primarily coming tonight from verse 30, but of course the message will be centered around the context of what we're reading tonight. These are the words of Jesus. He's speaking to his own disciples, and he says these words, "'And fear not them which kill the body,' but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. That's without his knowledge, without his control, and without his care. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I think you would agree with me that the Bible is filled with memorable and repeatable verses, statements, quotations, We use them all the time. We we use them at home. We use them in school. We use them at work. Sometimes our presidents will quote a verse or two from the Bible to emphasize a point that they want to make. And so tonight I'd like us to look at one of these memorable texts, one that I, I hope you'll never forget. For Jesus says in Matthew 10 and verse 30, but the very hairs of your head are all 
numbered. Now, to me, that is a very interesting statement. First of all, it's interesting because everybody here can grasp it. You can get it. Everybody here has a head, and almost all of you have hair on top of it. This verse is also very interesting to me because the hair on your head is very important to you. Now, we have here college students, and they're, they're just starting their classes for the semester. They're studying such important things as science, or perhaps they're studying chemistry, or perhaps they're studying world history, all those very important things. But I can assure you that when they wake up in the morning, the way their hair looks is of far more importance to them than anything else that's going on in the world of science. So it's an interesting verse to me. The Lord would say this. But I also want you to know that this verse is interesting to me because it arouses my curiosity. It says that he's numbered all the hairs on top of your head. So if that's true, which it is, then what's the question you want to ask? How many hairs are on top of your head? And by the way, if you have a question and you need a quick answer, what's the source of all knowledge? Google, Google it. And sure enough, you're going to get an answer. And sure enough, it's there. Somewhere between 100 and 150,000 hairs are on top of your head. So that leads me to the second question. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, really, do you care that much? And yet, it arouses my curiosity because God does. And there has to be something that God is wanting to communicate to you and I that is far more meaningful than just counting the hairs on top of your head. And then one other thing about this verse to me that I find to be very interesting is that Jesus is using here a form of what we call ancient logic to convince you of some things. And what is that form of ancient logic? Well, you know what it is. We use it all the time. The Bible uses it all the time. We use the Latin phrase, a fortiori. That means to argue from the lesser to the greater or from the greater to the lesser. For example, Paul says in Romans 8, 32, he uses that argument. He says, if you, he says, oh man, all right, I just forgot the verse. Romans 8, 32, let me, uh, uh, uh. My brain just went blank. Have you ever had your brain go blank? I'm 65. It goes blank. Uh, here it is. Here it is. Ready? I got it. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? What is that? It's a form of logic. If God has given you the greatest gift, the gift of his son, everything else is lost, lesser. If he's given you the greater, would he not give you the lesser? Or how about this one? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall the heavenly father give good things to them than ask him? It's a form of logic. This is exactly what the Lord is doing here. Because he is addressing something that is significantly difficult for all of us. And what is it? He is addressing one of the greatest, if not the greatest, emotional struggle of life. We use the terminology in modern language today that people are struggling with mental health. And so in the world that I'm living in, 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 in college ministries or in sports and athletics, the number one issue today among young people in college is mental health. 
And if you break it down, you're talking about things like anxiety and you're talking about things like depression. And if you could break it down even further, what you're dealing with is you're dealing with people's fears, panic attacks, difficulties. And what is the context in which Jesus is speaking about? He says, don't be afraid of the person that can kill the body. Fear the one that can cast both soul and body in hell. And then he makes an appeal to us. Has, does he not know when a sparrow falls? Has he not numbered the very hairs of your head? And then he concludes in verse 31. He says, therefore, don't be afraid. What is he doing? He's appealing to our emotional logic. If God has numbered the very thing that you really don't care that much about, what about the rest of your life? And so he takes this and he's expanding our understanding about who God is. Because is that not the greatest struggle of our life to understand God? And is that not the greatest quest of life to understand God? And so he says in this little statement, he's numbered the very hairs of your head. So let me suggest if I may tonight a few things that I think this is conveying to us tonight about the nature of our God. And number one, it is conveying that God is in control. Think about it. The very hairs of your head have all been numbered. And by the way, that's not written in the present tense. It's written for those of you that have any interest in Greek and most don't. But it's in the perfect tense. He's referring to something that has happened in the past that has impact on your lives in the present. Now, folks have to understand something about God. If God does anything today, God decided it to do it in eternity past. God is eternal. You say, I don't understand that. Well, well, welcome to the real world. Who understands God fully? His thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. When God does anything in the present, God did it in eternity past and God's gonna do it in eternity future. It's like the person said, how could God send his son to die on, our, on a cross for our sins and all my sins are future. How can that pay for all my sins, past, present, and future? I don't understand that. That's not the point if you understand it. It's what God says he does because he's God. And God is saying this. I want you to understand this. He says, I numbered all the hairs on your head before I ever created the world. And when you cannot rise up to understand God, you can always bow down and worship God because God is a God in control. Let me ask those of you that have been Christians for any amount of time. Have you not looked back into your life and maybe at some point when you were younger thought, God, why did this happen to me? Why did I grow up in this home? Why did I have these parents? Why was I born in this city? Why did I go to this school? Have you ever wondered about that? And finally one day you came to the conclusion, you know what, God, you're in control of everything. I look back over my life and I thought when I was a young Christian, why was I born into this family and why do I have these parents and why did I grow up in this town and why didn't I have this or why didn't I experience that? And you know what? I quit asking all those questions because I've lived long enough to see that God was in control of all that. 
and that God has numbered the very hairs of your head. God's providence knows nothing so little as to be beneath his notice and nothing so great as to be beyond his control. How do you know that? Because when a sparrow falls, it is all under the control of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that are called according to his purpose for whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. God is working all things out according to his will and his purpose. And if he's numbered the hairs of your head, the very thing we don't care that much about, what about the rest of our life? We can trust God and depend on God because God is in control. So if your hair turns gray, or if your hair turns loose, it's under the providential care of an all-wise father. Now think about it. If that's true of your hair, what about everything else? Your infirmities, your difficulties, your hardships, your heartbreaks, your heartaches. I mean, literally, Pastor, right before I walked up to preach, I got a little text on my phone here of a dear friend I went to college with who's probably not going to survive COVID tonight or the next couple of days. He was a Marine recon, became a captain. He worked for the CIA for 10 years in the Balkans. This guy's a man's man. But even as I preach to you tonight in my own heart of hearts, I have to recognize that God has numbered the very hairs of our head. May I say to you, young people, if you really want to understand what it means to be wise, wisdom. Wisdom starts in the life of a young person when they begin to believe God is in control. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It was Job who struggled with the events of his life and he finally had to come to a place where he recognized God is in control. And in that surrender to God, it brought peace in his heart and wisdom in his life. You can trust God with your life. And so if your way is rough or smooth, if your way is bitter or sweet, if your way is what you want and if your way is not what you want, you can still rest in the Lord because he's numbered the very hairs of your head. God cares about that in your life. But then let me say secondly, that not only does this convey God's control, but it definitely conveys God's intimacy. By intimacy, I mean his, his closeness, a deep personal relationship. He's numbered the very hairs of your head. I mean, how amazing is that the Lord knows us at this very moment so intimately well. He's counted every hair on top of your head. You know what that means? That means God cares more about you than you care about yourself because you haven't done that. And that means that God cares about you more than anybody else. I've been married to my wife for 41 years. She has never one time said, can I number the hairs on top of your head? It means that God knows things about you you've never discovered about yourself. You haven't figured that out about yourself. I mean, think about it. How many people go to a doctor because they're sick and they don't know what's wrong with them and they want the doctor to figure out what their problem is? How many people go to a therapist because they have internal emotional struggles and they want to work through these struggles to find out what's wrong with them because they can't discover what's wrong with them? 
And yet here the Lord knows things about us that we can't discover about ourselves. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a God you can trust in. The secrets of your heart are known and fully understand by the Lord and therefore he is intimately acquainted with every single thing you go through. There's not a care you feel. There's not a fear you face. There's not an emotional struggle of your heart that the Lord is not, not only does he know that, but he has an answer for the issues of our heart and life. And oftentimes the issues are not easy answers. They're difficult things. Sometimes we fully don't understand and we can even trust God in those times. Think about it. If God's number the hairs of our head, that means he's going to care for us throughout the whole of our life, yesterday, today, and forever. And if God knows me this well, then should I not trust him with my life? Should I not surrender my life, even my hair, to him? You know, it's funny, interesting, at Bob Jones, we had all our students come in this week. And most of the time, the summer, summertime at Bob Jones is sort of slow, you know. And it's all the faculty and staff working with each other, you know, same group that we always work. And then the students come in. It's amazing to me what college kids try to do with their hair. And it's amazing what was a hairstyle, what's a hairstyle today wasn't even around six months ago. And it's just the way it is with young people. Their hair is important to them. And I think, you know, at some point in your life, you might want to give that to God. You remember the woman that came to Jesus and she bathed his feet with her tears and she dried his feet with her what? Her hair. And we see a complete surrender of herself to the Lord the Lord was intimately acquainted. You can trust God with your life. And then number three, I think that surely this verse not only conveys God's control and God's intimacy, but it conveys, if I could say it this way, our significance, or maybe I could say our value. I mean, this is a passage written to the disciples. How precious were the disciples to Jesus? They weren't wise, they weren't mighty, they weren't noble, they weren't wealthy. And yet they were so significant to the Lord that he numbered the hairs of their head. Think of the value and significance that Jesus places on those believers. We used to live up in northeastern Wisconsin and we had 40 acres of land with hundreds of trees on them. And I sold that piece of property and that home that we had up there when I went to Bob Jones University. And when I sold that piece of property, I never took the time to count the trees. I mean, it's not like they were unimportant, but they weren't that important for me to spend all that time counting the trees. And surely I didn't count the limbs, the branches, or the leaves on the trees. But let me ask you a question. If you owned a jewelry store and you were going to sell the jewelry store with all the jewels in it, would you count every jewel, every ring, every diamond, every necklace, every ruby, every sap, sapphire, every earring, anything that is in that building that is of value, you would have counted it. And folks, if God has numbered the hairs of your head, that which we do not consider to be that valuable, that significant. What about the rest of your life? 
And I think what he's saying here, when he says, don't fear him that can kill the body, but him that can cast both soul and body in hell, I think he's referring to the significance, the value of our own soul. If the Lord cares about this, what about this? And how do we know that the Lord cares about our soul? Because the Lord sent his own son into the world to die on a cross for our sins so that we could spend eternity with him and not be lost. He's speaking here in many ways of the significant value of the soul. What if a man profits the whole, what if a man gains the whole world? What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? And so the Lord is putting a prime importance on the value of the soul by just showing the value of something that is far less and that's the hairs on top of your head. And let me just say this, how much more valuable then should it be in a local church, a Baptist church like this, where you should be concerned, we should be concerned about the souls of people that are lost. The population is growing. The darkness is coming and the necessity of preaching the gospel. We show that value, the significance of the individual. If God's numbered the hairs of their head, what about their soul? How valuable do we make that? And so I think the Lord here is speaking about significance and importance. And again, I want to say this to the young people that are here tonight. What you, what you do with your life, how you live your life, I know it's important to you. I get that, but I want to say it's more important to God because God created you and God's called you. God's numbered the hairs of your head and God sent his son to die for you. So what you do with your life is no small thing. You need to surrender your life to him. Say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want you know me and you value me and you have a purpose and you have a plan for your life. I remember as a young person at the age of 19 years old when I got saved, I was overwhelmed with the reality that God has a purpose for my life, that I can do what God wants me to do. And I've tried throughout my life Life, not perfectly, but I've tried throughout my life, say, Lord, what is your will? And every step of the way, I believe the Lord has directed. Young person, put your life in God's hands. How big is your God? Is he big enough for you to trust him, to lead you, to guide you, to guard you, to take care of you? Your future, your family, your finances, your faith, everything needs to go in God's hand. My wife surrendered her life to God when she was 15 years old. I surrendered my life to God when I was 19 years old. And you know where we met? We met in Sunday school. There's a lot of reasons you ought to go to Sunday school. And when my wife and I were married 41 years ago, we stood at the wedding altar at my home church in Denver, Colorado, my pastor, Dr. Ed Nelson, who's today 97 years old, I just saw him two weekends ago, went out to his house in Colorado. I stood at the wedding altar. Dr. Nelson, six foot four, had white hair. He looked like Moses. And we said our vows, and I said I do, and my wife said I do, and the preacher said you're done. That was 41 years ago. And I'm telling you this with all of my heart. When I stood at that wedding altar, I married that girl. I believe I was marrying exactly who God wanted me to marry. Exactly. God has a will. God has a purpose. God has a plan for your life. You are of value. 
And let me tell you something. Everything that you sow, you reap what you sow. You ever heard that? You reap what you sow. Well, what we often don't say is we reap more than we sow. And every action, every choice of obedience to God reaps benefits, not only in this life, but in the life to come. God has placed value. He, he's allowed you to in, involve yourself and enter into his purpose and plans in this world. There's nothing more wonderful than that, nothing more exciting than that, than to serve him. And so the Lord has given, placed value on you. And that leads me to one last thing. And the final thing I want to say tonight about the Lord's numbering the hairs of your head is that I think it conveys the preservation, or if I could say the protection of his people. Throughout scripture, God uses the hairs of your head to convey that God preserves his own people. For example, Saul, the king of Israel, was going to take the life of his son Jonathan because Jonathan did something that he didn't know was wrong, but his father said it was wrong and he didn't know it. And so the Saul was going to take his life for his son's disobedience, or if I could say it this way, his unknown disobedience. And the Bible says the people said to Saul, shall Jonathan die who has worked this great salvation in Israel? Far from it as the Lord lives, there shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground. It was a, it was a statement that they used that, God, that, that he was gonna be preserved. And I believe when the Lord says that he's numbered the very hairs of, his, hairs of your head, he is promising to preserve his own people. Luke 21, 18, but not a hair of your head will perish. He's gonna protect you. Probably the greatest illustration of this in the Bible, you probably know, it's the story of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in the day they lived in the land of Babylon, they were captives, they were slaves, they were taken there when Nebuchadnezzar, the king and the Babylonian army came and conquered the city of Jerusalem and took the people back as slaves. Daniel was one of them and these three Hebrew children. In Daniel chapter three, we have the story of a great idol that is built and the people were to bow down and worship the idol at the playing of music. And the three Hebrew children decided to take a stand for God, no matter the cost. And so the music played and everybody fell on their face except the three Hebrew children who would not bow their knee to the idol. They couldn't do that. They would sin against their God. And what happened to them? They were taken and thrown in the fire. They were thrown in a fiery furnace. That was the judgment that was to come upon them. And as they were thrown in that fiery furnace, what did the people notice? They noticed, number one, that they were walking around. Generally, you don't walk around in a fire. Number two, they noticed that in that fire were not three, but there was a fourth likened unto the Son of God, I believe a pre-incarnate form of Jesus Christ. And what do we learn? We learn that God came and stood with those three Hebrew children in the fire and he preserved them, he protected them. And the Bible says they came out of the fire alive. Now, let me ask you a question. Whenever the human body gets close to any fire, what's the first thing that burns? The hair. And listen to Daniel 3.27. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed. What did God do? God protected his people. 
These are the promises of preservation. God will preserve his people. They may pass through fire. They may pass through calamities. They may go through diseases. They may go through wars and persecutions, but not a hair of their head will perish. Your body may even suffer, but your inner life before God will be eternally preserved. God knows who he has bought, and he will have that which he has purchased even to the last hair. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one, no man shall pluck them out of my hand. So what's the point? What is it that Jesus is saying here? And he said it in a repetitious form. He said it in verse 28. He concluded with it in verse 31, like you've got two bookends of books. And what does he say? He says, don't be afraid. That's the point. Stay calm. Even if you suffer in the end, it will be for your good. God will take care of you. That's the main point. A very good personal friend of mine passed away not long ago. I was unable to attend his funeral service because I had to do a wedding, but I was able to be a part of his burial service. My good friend, evangelist Tom Farrell. Tom's preached at your church. There was nobody like Tom Farrell. As I've said, there's not another one in captivity. I knew Tom intimately well. We, we, have been, we have been friends for 40 years. I traveled with him all over the world. In fact, as I spent 40 days in Africa with him, I call it 40 days and 40 nights with Tom Farrell. <laughs> I knew him really well. And Tom would open his heart up to me. And folks, I want to tell you something, and the Lord knows this is true. I have never met a man in my life who faced death with such resolution of surrender to the will of God than Tom Farrell. He died as he lived, completely trusting in the good hand of God. He told all his doctors, you can't threaten me with heaven. I'm okay. He went into surgery, had a brain tumor. They were able to take out 72% of it. They couldn't cut any more. They said it was too damaging on his life. After surgery, Tom was never the same. Never the same. But even at the times that he was not as, as I could say it this way, mentally strong as he would have been prior to his surgery, Tom was completely resolved to follow the Lord and trust him all the way. And I watched him as he left this life to meet the Lord. That guy didn't fear. He just, he just didn't fear. And it wasn't because he was Superman. It was because he trusted in a God who had numbered the very hairs on top of his head. If you knew Tom Farrell, his hair was never out of place. His hair was perfect. I mean, I'm, I'm listen, I've, I've been, I've, 
I've slept all over the world in the same places where he has. His hair was never messed up. But when he lost it, when he had a brain tumor, it was never the same. But his resolution and his trust in the Lord was memorable. The Lord's number the hairs of your head, and you can trust him with your life. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.